Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to underground sports philadelphia episode number 366 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios we're gonna get into another abysmal 10 year long drought of no phillies postseason baseball they had some firings on the coaching staff and uh, as we record this on wednesday night it's also the anniversary of one of the more iconic phillies postseason moments uh, that we saw go down 11 years ago today at Citizens Bank Park. We've also got Sixers nonsense to discuss. Uh, we've got Eagles, and of course it's Wednesday night, so that means we're going to get into our Survivor segment, uh, our Buffs and Snuffs Survivor discussion at the end of the show. But before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game, and they don't do just eyewear, Matt, because they just posted on their Instagram, and I'm going to throw this at you, and you got to tell me you wouldn't be rocking this hoodie all fall and winter long. That is a beautiful hoodie. Nice little burgundy tie-dye action. With the Tomahawk Shades logo, you guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, check out the uh, the fall apparel line that they have in the Small Batch Collective tab on the website, their sunglasses, blue light glasses, everything in between. Go to TomahawkShades.com, and when you go to check out, use our promo code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com, plus all orders $75 and over qualify for free shipping. So go to TomahawkShades.com. And stay styling and profiling all football season long. Our friends at Stateside Urban Crab Vodka. You guys can get the Vodka Soda Party Packs while they're still available. They were gone for like six weeks, if you don't remember. Uh, if you're brand new to this thing, you got to get them while they're hot. So go to statesidevodka.com and uh, check out the Vodka Soda Party Packs. You can get the single flavor four packs as well of the vodka sodas. It's real vodka, real juice. You can't, you can't beat it. Go to statesidevodka.com now. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of the underground, go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap so you can responsibly drink your sorrows away uh, with the state of Philadelphia sports. you got to be 21 or older to uh, use the Kenny tracker, and of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know? We are... Uh... On the, on the eve of another Sixers season, the Phillies not in the playoffs. The Eagles are about where we thought they would be with our preseason prediction. Uh, but one thing that we definitely have to talk about is, uh, you know, between the, the crypto and number 25 last week, it totally slipped my mind that we have a new play-by-play announcer in the booth. We do. Kate Scott, 
filling in for the great Mark Zumoff, who uh, retired at the end of last season, uh, who's now going to be teaching at Temple. So Temple students. <laughs> Is he teaching like uh, like sports? Yeah. Journalism? Okay. <clears throat> I mean, that was announced today. There's, there are worse Imagine walking to learn into class. <laughs> taking a test you know there's like five minutes left in class all right guys we're coming in for a landing you got to wrap this thing up uh but kate scott future guest on the pod she said once she gets settled in and everything to hit her back up she's more than willing to come on the show so you'll be hearing from kate scott on underground sports philadelphia very soon uh but new play-by-play announcer in the booth with all Big, big shoes to fill. I, uh, um, I can't say that I know much about her. I can say though, when this is, this is always a key when you like hire someone and this is like in pretty much anything you know, where, where Twitter is an experience and you see people in the replies, like very upset that they are leaving like Mm -hmm. whatever station or whatever market or whatever team. Uh, that's a good sign. So I, I'm almost glad that they're upset that she's yes. leaving because that means that she's she's good. She's talented. She clearly uh, uh, meant something to people uh, so that they were they were that upset uh, about her leaving. So for that, I'm excited. I'm excited, too, because, you know, like women like sports. Women are involved in sports. It makes sense to get women more involved in sports and announcing is, is a good way to do that. So I'm excited to, to have her as the new voice. It is going to be. Difficult though, because I'm just so used to zoom off. You're so used to getting that, but you know, Allo is still also like a, a fantastic like color commentary guy. So I think uh, I think they'll they'll blend in together very well, and I'm looking forward to it. I can't say that I'm looking forward to like actually watching the Sixers though. That's the difficult. I might just like think to parse here. Is, close like, my eyes and just yeah, listen. like just <laughs> just get like the good play by play. I guess is is what we'll be looking for. We uh, we get our first listen tomorrow night or today if you guys are listening to the audio version uh because the sixers will be on uh nbc sports philadelphia on thursday and they're just broadcasting the home games for the preseason which again great job nba with your uh preseason marketing um and kate scott's name sounded familiar to me i just didn't know exactly where she's been doing uh pac-12 football with mike golick Mm. So she's been uh, a tandem with another legend uh, of his own right, with Mike Golick being back in the booth calling college football, and uh, Kyle Brown from our friends at Pickup. Uh, he's out on the West Coast and has friends that are friends with Kate Scott, and they're very excited as well for her opportunity to come to Philadelphia and, and be part of this Sixers team. So like you said, seeing people upset that she's leaving, but also excited that she's getting an opportunity uh, in a big-time market. She's also been taking... Uh, I guess tweet courses from the Bryce Harper pandering school uh, for Philadelphia sports fans. It's who, part of your welcome package now. Yeah. I think whenever you you come to like, some Philly organization, Bryce has nailed Nick Sirianni and Kate Scott uh, because she was tweeting about it's always sunny, uh, dropping you know LFGs and everything, tweeting about uh, Carly Lloyd tonight in her final appearance in Philadelphia as well. So she's like fully embracing the city, which you know somebody coming from outside. And filling in for a Mark Zumoff who is from Philadelphia, it's, you know, that added big shoes to mm-hmm. fill. Uh, but I think she's going to fit in perfectly fine. I'm excited to hear her on the call tomorrow night uh, in the Sixers' first home preseason game. Uh, number 25, though, realizing, you know, you fuck around and find <laughs> out. <laughs> Turns out $300,000 is actually a bit of money. That's quite a bit. To, and now to he's selling out. his penthouse. 
Well, he's also uh, taking taking his claim to the union. It's just sicko behavior. I just like like we've said for weeks. We're sick and tired of this whole thing. Can't wait for it to be, to be over. over. It is just nauseating how long it's taking. Um, but I did see Kevin Nagandi put on his Instagram, uh, just potential like Ben Simmons trades, uh, that were from NBA insiders. And I'm going to get your, uh, your thoughts on all of these. Cause obviously, you know, we can't wait for this to be over, but you also want to get a return for Ben Simmons that is going to benefit this team as well, because the guys that you're trading for the, the picks you're trading for, you're hoping are going to be part of this roster and part of this puzzle to go and win a championship. I would trade him for Flint and a bag of rice. <laughs> that you then have to win back in a challenge. Yes. Uh, so the first one is from Andre Snellings. It's uh, Sixers and Kings. The Kings would receive Ben Simmons. The Sixers would receive Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley III, Tyrese Halliburton. I think I would pull the trigger on that one. Almost. It's hard to say no to any Ben trade right now because yeah. the alternative seems to be he sits out. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's there's no there's no resolution to this. And at a certain point, like without Ben, you're not improving in any way. Ben obviously is not good for the postseason, is a good regular season player. I think because of the negativity surrounding the situation, we've we have lost sight a little bit of the value of Ben Simmons right. because I think we've been rightly clouded by some hate and negativity. <laughs> um, but Ben does help you a lot in the in the regular season. We know that that's his main strength is beating up on average teams. But when it comes to your actual postseason, getting into a, a much more difficult series, that's where he struggles. So he is good to have around. The alternative right now is nothing so yeah trading him for anything sounds good Tyrese Halliburton to me is that's the thing that I think is, he's untouchable though I, I don't yeah. think the Kings make a uh, make peace that's with the thing all. where I was like oh I pulled the trigger on that instantly that's very funny that they throw him in it's like a lot because I was like, like a throw in. Marvin Bagley is like not <laughs> not who I'm really looking to to get here uh but Tyrese Halliburton we could have a conversation this one is from uh the one and only Jorge Sedano with the Sixers and the Portland Trailblazers Sixers get Dame, Portland gets Ben Simmons, yes. Tyrese Maxey, and two first-round picks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's the uh, proposed trade from Tim McMahon, Sixers, and Portland. This time, the Sixers get CJ McCollum, Nasir Little, and a future first-round pick. Portland gets Ben Simmons. Don't love it at all, actually. I not personally for me that's like where that's the line to mm -hmm. me with ben simmons's value if you're not getting like a, a very comparable like all-star level player or if you're not getting like a young guy that could really develop into something very special or like a, a hall of picks or a combination of those things yeah it's just not worth it but again the alternative is also, it seems, him sitting, sitting out, out the whole, the whole season. Year. So I, <laughs> I don't. That's the the thing about this that has confused me for the for such a long time now is once you get past the draft, once you get past free agency, moving Ben Simmons becomes a lot more difficult, especially because now like any players that were signed, you have to wait till December to move them, right? Like, there's just it's an added level of difficulty to actually find a trade partner. And 
the fact that we have it now, <laughs> you know, is, is worrying because I don't know who's left. I, you know, and I just don't know where you're getting the value from anymore. I, I don't know who's paying up for Ben Simmons. I know the Timberwolves are allegedly like interested in on Ben, but even then, like there's no one one-on-one trade that you're making with the Timberwolves that really makes sense. So you have to find the third team. Like that is the Ben Simmons's value and the way that he has removed all like leverage from the situation makes this like a very, very difficult situation to like find a solution to because mm-hmm. like his, his clear goal now is, is to sit out and that's alarming and unbelievable. Cause we never like in now the, the player empowerment era, which I hate that phrase, but it, that's the era that we're living in. Mm-hmm. We've seen players like force teams hands and, and get you know the trades that they want go to the the destinations i want we've never seen a player just sit out a season or threaten to like and it's funny because the only other time that i can think of an example like this is like andrew bynum in philly (laughs) um you know like i know ad like got close to to doing that essentially but he still played the games uh but I, i don't know what is up with ben I have to imagine that they are only going this deep into the scorched earth tactic because they know it'll work and they know that a solution has to be coming soon. But uh, the season starts in two weeks. Yeah. So that's <laughs> kind of sort of close. Uh, there's three more proposed trade options. This one's from Tim Bontemps. Uh, Sixers and Bulls. The Bulls get Ben Simmons. The Sixers get Zach Levine, Derek Jones Jr. No chance. The Bulls just made big moves this offseason to, to build around Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. There's no chance that they're trading him. Nah, no. <laughs> uh, this one is from Bobby Marks. Sixers and Timberwolves. Uh, Timberwolves get Ben Simmons. Sixers get D'Angelo Russell. A 2022 protected first-round pick and a 2024 protected first-round pick. No. Yeah. I don't want any parts of D'Lo. It's, like, it's just not an impressive package. No. Uh, and then the last one is from Kevin Pelton with the Sixers and the Cavs. Cavs get Ben Simmons. Sixers get Kevin Love, a 2022 first-round pick, 2024 protected first-round pick, and a 2026 protected first-round pick. That's one of the worst trades I've ever heard in my life. That Terrible. is truly an abomination. Who's, who, whose idea was that? That was uh, Kevin Pelton. Kevin Pelton, buddy. Back to the drawing board with you. That's rough. That is a rough trade. Truly one of the worst. The Cavaliers would commit mass murder to get Kevin Love off of yeah. their roster and off of like there's no chance that you're trading him. Of course they would love to trade him for Ben yeah. <laughs> Even if they'd had to give up to draft capital. No shot. No chance. Uh Sixers obviously played a preseason game. Grant Lost. Riller got hurt. Sick. Grant Riller hurt. Andre Drummond looked good though, for what it's worth. <laughs> it's also preseason and he's playing against scrubs. You ever just, like, forget a player's on your team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ever happened to you? You're just like, oh, All yeah, Andre Drummond's on I mean, we're Sixers now. fans. <laughs> of course we do. Yeah, we do have Mr. Irrelevant and positions 11 through 14 on this team. We had Andre Karolinko at one point, and he didn't show up. Wow. Andre Drummond is the Philadelphia 76er. That's, not, that's news that I hadn't contended with since July, so forgive me for forgetting about that but i i did a mind wipe of a lot of sixers stuff i'm still not ready no i'm still not emotionally and physically prepared i can't believe basketball season is in two weeks it does seem not quite the turnaround last year was obviously but does seem quick 
Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. And everything yes. also does seem so long ago at the same time. Yeah. Like, uh, it feels like... The playoffs, the playoffs feel like six years ago, and I think it's just because I've aged that much in the time. If not more. In between. I just I'm not, no like, even pre-se- like, preseason basketball is, like, frankly, just unwatchable. I mean, oh, preseason yeah. anything is, is bad, but, I mean, Lord have mercy. Like, there's, I get people nothing... want to watch it, too, and people that cover the team that can't necessarily be there want to watch it, but, like... The, the the casual fans that were complaining on Twitter that the game was not televised. I'm like, who cares? Do you want to watch this? Who cares? Do you like do you actually want to watch this? Like, are you sure that you want to watch this? Listen, like preseason games are I'm I'm sure are good for some people. I've never been interested in a preseason anything. It's just no. irrelevant games to me that don't matter, that half the time like even starters aren't playing in. And it's good for, like, young players and people on, like, the bubble. They're the only sport it makes sense in is the NFL. That's the mm-hmm. only sport where it makes sense to have, like, one or two preseason games. But I just don't The only care. other times I'm watching preseason, if I am, is, like, the first, like, one or two baseball games. Just because right. you're seeing guys that you normally wouldn't see that are in your minor league system. Then after that, like I'm not watching, no. you know, Grapefruit League. Not, uh, you're not turning Phillies on against the Rays at 12 p.m. Yeah, in April to <laughs> watch, in, in March, you know, like uh, a comeback like uh, of Scott Casimir or something on the mound. Like that not is it. not happening. Um, yeah, this uh, this new pitcher, uh, Cheese It Grooves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would not shock me if at some point some pitcher is named Cheese It Grooves. Microphone Tomahawk Shade. <laughs> yeah. It's a shortstop prospect for us. He's a great guy. The, nice just preseason is just wholly uninspiring and listen, if that's your deal, then that's your deal. I have no, literally never once cared about a preseason anything no. ever. Preseason is literally it only benefits the people playing in the game. Right. So don't bitch and complain. It's the same people that get addicted to off season like uh gym workouts mm-hmm. and watching dudes hit like 53 pointers and think that that's reality love preseason because they're like wow like look how good he can be it's like yes he's playing against a guy that is going to go play in sri lanka this year like let's relax oh you mean ben simmons team oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no i thought he was going to china that's true yeah. i did see a uh shanghai sharks uh ben simmons jersey <laughs> he could, on the he timeline could make, he'd go to the australian basketball league I worked for uh, Lamelo, so Brett's probably down there. Might be. <laughs> Frankly, I have not thought about Brett Brown in decades at this point. <laughs> and he's only at been the gone last, for two years. At the last four months have been six years. It has been a century since I've thought of Brett Brown. <laughs> I'm very curious what Brett Brown is doing, though. 
He's just like disappeared. Good for him. He if I was it. him, I would have also just dipped into it. Especially since he's still getting like, paid $10 million. That is the way to do it. There are two of the best jobs in the world. One is a fired head coach of a professional sports team, and the other one is like the Backup practice quarterback. squad quarterback. The practice squad quarterback. You get like two hundred grand to just like throw a football around a little bit. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> or those are the two best sports games. If your name's like Chase Daniel, you you signed with teams that you know you're never gonna be coming in for, but yet you still finesse that franchise for ten million dollars to hold a clipboard or a, a Microsoft Surface tablet. You could be like Jacoby Brissett and just absolutely smash your Microsoft Surface <laughs> tablet. Watch that over the weekend. That was great. <laughs> Guy fumbles, takes it out on the Surface tablet. Jacoby, it's all it's right. Like taking it out on the uh, the Powerade cooler. He did nothing to you. It's just it's just a, a, a chip and a screen. But yeah, Matt and I both in complete agreement that we are nowhere near ready for basketball. Season. I. I don't know that I have the willpower to watch a game. I really don't know that I have it in me. I am asking for strength. Uh, speaking of preseason, it's been a while since we brought up the orange and black. They have a new hashtag. Talk about lack of strength. <laughs> they have a new hashtag, which I actually like. Bring it to broad. Uh, much better than anytime, anywhere. That was that was a very hot garbage. that was a very COVID bubble. Yeah, uh, hashtag. It was good for the time. I'm glad it's thankfully it's gone. But the big discourse on uh, Flyers Twitter is this goal song debacle. Um, so essentially, they they were giving the fans an opportunity. I've seen your brother tweet about it a ton. And That's he good. Is not it's always happy. good when you let fans decide stuff. Nothing ever bad happens when you leave it to Twitter polls. So it's been it's been fan votes and everything, and it, they announced today that it is down to the final three. Uh, these three songs I don't think I've ever heard in my life. Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Beer by Real Big Fish. I've heard that band before. I think they have another, like, uh, like they're not quite a one-hit wonder, I don't think, but I think they've had, like, a, a big song that I'm thinking of. And then This Girl by Kungs and Cookin' on Three Burners. Have not heard of any of these songs or bring artists. Back the Dupe song. Why doesn't every Philly yeah. team just do the Dupe song? Why is that? Knock, knock. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Uh... And everybody on Flyers Twitter has said, we haven't heard any of these songs during the preseason whatsoever. Well, that's good. It's good, you know, it's good to, to, to roll something out and not uh, not give it its due course. That sounds very Flyer, actually. So. Uh, and I mean, as if this season couldn't get off to a, a worse enough start. Like, we're not going to have Kevin Hayes for two months, so. Yeah. Just uninspiring. You know, the one thing you would think the Flyers couldn't screw up, they screw up. Well... There's always a new way, I think. There's always a new... You know, people always say anything can happen and without realizing that that is a chaotic statement because that could switch very easily to be something super negative or something super positive. So, anything can happen with the Flyers. Literally everything. Every permutation, every possibility is open. Just like Speaking how, of anything can happen, Christ alive. Just how like goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights, Robin Leonard, is saying that uh, AV was pushing pills. Not surprised. This is this is going to be a scandal of all scandals across all sports. You've seen it a little bit with uh, the Angels, right? Um, mm -hmm. With these athletic trainers, with these these people involved with the organization who push opioids who push sleeping pills on athletes i there was a, a recent article about it in european soccer where 
a lot of players are addicted to sleeping pills because they play these late games, mm-hmm. you know, that get done at like 10, 11 at night. They can't sleep, you know, because they have so much adrenaline. So they have, to... it's a huge issue. I would not be surprised if in like 20, 30 years, how we talk about like CTE and concussions now, because I think only recently in the last four or five years, we've even really come to grips with like the opioid crisis in America and how damaging that has been and that that has come at the from pharmaceutical companies. It didn't just come from like, oh, like heroin on the streets. Like, no, like most people get addicted to these things yep. when they're prescribed by a doctor. Like that is actually the root cause of a lot of these addictions. And the fact that we were suspending guys for smoking weed and right. pushing this to them yeah, instead. That, and that's like, you know, the NFL is like dealt with that similar to the NBA. You know, you, mm-hmm. I, I, again, so much of it is smoke and mirrors and rumors, but I know with the NBA, there's been lots of rumors that the reason there isn't quite the level of addiction and quite the level of like pill pushing that you see is because they don't drug test players they no. don't care if you smoke weed and weed can be used not it's only use right people can just use it for recreation of course but it can be used for medicinal purposes this is they these types of stories will never go away and will only grow i think bigger and more scandals if you'd mentioned this 15 years ago no one would have cared the only other Absolutely like zero people would care and i think only as time goes on these things are going to be there's there's going to be a big story. There already has been like the Tyler Sadik story is already crazy, and I think because it was the Angels, because like I think that it's got like West buried. Coast. It's West Coast, like it got buried a little bit that story. But like those situations are happening, and even probably that. in every organization in North American sports. I would imagine every organization in North American, maybe not to that level, but I would imagine in every every organization. At some point in the last 20 years, if not going back further, there is a similar level of malpractice happening. And I mean, even before that, and sure, he's a big fat stooge now, but like Brett Favre has openly said, like, he was addicted to opioids and like had to flush them down the toilet to not have them right around. Um, and then obviously AV says in his press conference this week that, you know, you could ask Nolan Patrick that I certainly wasn't pushing pills on anybody and very interesting development for Robin Leonard to just come from the top rope and like the only name he's dropping, which Robin Leonard's never played for the Flyers either, is AV. It's it's strange, it's out of nowhere, but again, like most breaking news stories are strange and out of nowhere. That's you know, that's the way they go. Again, I I, I really think in, in twenty years we will be looking back at the damage that sports teams did to their athletes with these types of, of aggressive pain-killing drugs, these aggressive therapies that are, are ultimately not good for people and that get them addicted to substances that are, are very harmful to you. You know, like, it's it's going to be an issue that I think we'll, we'll continue to hear a lot about. And it's not good, you know, you, you don't feel good as a fan either when it's your own team. Yeah. Uh, because you don't want that. And it's I, coming I from a player, too. Right. It's not like it's some sort not, of former, is, right. you know, coach on your staff, former player. And it's not someone like sources say. Like, this is someone coming out and, and making That an has accusation. never played in your organization. So it's right. like, where, one, where did Robin Leonard hear this, first of all? Players talk. You exactly. Know? <laughs> so it's like, who's, you know, slinging that info out right. there, for which sling that info. Like, if it's happening, let yes. it be known. Um and if Robin Leonard wants to come on the podcast and talk about this, like, open invite. Um, but, yeah, when I saw the the retweets of, of that tweet thread pop up and I was like, holy shit. Because Robin Leonard 
is one of those guys who's been like open in like you know the mental health advocacy in the NHL and and making sure guys are you know taking care of their brains, taking care of their bodies, and uh, it, it definitely caught me off guard seeing him just drop Philadelphia Flyers dinosaur coach treating people uh, like robots, not humans. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire Vigneault. First story. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. You never want to see that about anybody and especially when it's coming right in your backyard as flyers fans um tough scene right there telling you this is this is only this is scratching the surface it really is because again i I would not be surprised if every organization same with like peds and like every every one of these top level athletes is doing something to for like you remember last year when Tyrod Taylor got his lung punctured By before a, a like game golf tee. because he was in such pain that he was having to get a local anesthetic because he had either like very bruised or mm-hmm. fractured ribs to go out and play a game and got his lung punctured. And we were just kind of like, oh, that's crazy. But like moved on immediately. Like that is an insane thing to have happen to you. And it just is, it barely even registers in your mind. And, Again, a lot of these athletes are pay the toll physically for even five years of of being an athlete, let alone these guys with very long careers. Like, it is a lot of of damage to your body. And um, especially, you know, in a sport like hockey, which, you know, we obviously, it's still an issue in football with CT and concussions, but there is at least like some awareness of it now, especially with like youth sports. Mm -hmm. Hockey, there's not that awareness. There's not that culture yet not that they're even really especially since in the NFL, it's viewed but, as like a rich kid sport right but there's there's not that culture yet either like the the health and safety of, of athletes in general is um still substandard well below substandard actually i i would say because we treat them like gladiators and treat them like bags of meat i mean they are there for our entertainment not for longevity to us right to to a fan but you know, have to remember they're like humans behind, you know, mm-hmm. that, that anytime you see someone on an injury list, like that's someone that's probably going through a lot of pain. And like, if you think about it too, like the average person and how like absolutely soft they are, like think of the average person and like anytime, like they talk about like the worst thing to ever happen to them. That is like a regular injury probably for a, a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Like think of what a, a separated shoulder feels like. And there are guys that just play football through that. How do you think they do that? What what do you think? That's what Alshon being, Jeffrey did in 2017. What do you think is being put through the AJ Brown last year of the Tennessee Titans yeah. had what should have been a season-ending knee injury in week and played two. the rest of the season? How do you think he managed to play through the pain? What do you think he? It's just an issue that again I I can't help but feel in 20 years is going to be really looked it's like Ben Roethlisberger right now playing with a, a like a hip injury peck. Yeah, it's. This is going to be a, 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 a story that does not go away. Yeah, big time. We all know the traditional Big Four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network.
something else that's not going to go away, Matt, is uh, apparently the Eagles uh, and, and laundry. So I actually tweeted about this literally this past week and said that the Eagles need to partner with Tide, uh, no free ads, uh, to be their, their 2021 yearbook sponsor because of all of the, the penalties the Eagles are committing. And uh, just coming across the timeline as we're recording this right now, uh, this is coming from Boardroom. The Eagles are partnering with Tide to motivate fans to use cold water and make a positive impact on the planet. To kick things off, Tide has introduced the first ever talking washing machine customized with NFL player voices that will remind users to wash in cold. Alright, so the core message here is fine. Using cold water is better. It's it's an energy-saving thing to do. However... <laughs> Who's buying a brand new washing machine? What psycho is buying an Eagles branded washing machine that's going to talk to them? That's Robbie from Delco, brother. (laughs) I got to do the laundry on Sunday before the birds game kicks off. The (laughs) fightings. I mean, Lord above. This is so dumb. And here's the other stupid thing, right? This is like the plastic straw thing all over again. Oh, yeah. Because what's even crazy about the plastic straw thing, the plastic lids that they introduced actually have more plastic. Yep. So you're not saving anything. By asking them to build and transport this new washing machine, whatever like carbon footprint net neutrality thing that you just did by washing your clothes in cold water is completely canceled out by all the resources it takes to build a new <laughs> washing machine that's going to talk to you. And, if uh, you ever wonder what greenwashing looks like, this is it. This is the dumbest thing yeah, in existence. Green. Eagles green, brother. Eagles green. It's Kelly green, bro. We got to get the Kelly green edition in here, ma. And then uh, friend of the program. Taking Bo. out a payday loan <laughs> to buy a new $8,000 washing machine of the sports team that gives me <laughs> stomach ulcers. <laughs> Shout out to Mo Cliff, too. Great quote tweet. Just talk to me nice at Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Don't forget to put it on cold. Thanks. Thanks. Why not just make a washing machine that only goes on cold? (laughs) (laughs) Logic. Absolutely hilarious that I somewhat spoke this into existence. Um, You saw the future. I saw it. Call me that so Raven. Uh, But the Eagles, they are uh, one and three, which I believe you and I both had them at one and three after four games. We didn't know where the one was going to come from. We both kind of used deductive reasoning that it would be the Falcons. Um but nothing surprising there. And it was it was poetic justice that Andy Reid gets his 100th career win against the Eagles as head coach of the Chiefs, uh, especially on, you know, the weekend where LaShawn McCoy also retires from the NFL as a Philadelphia Eagle. It was a good old-fashioned beatdown. Um, the one thing about the Eagles that's worrying, too, is uh, the red zone work. There are two issues. Against the 49ers, you have a chance to win that game if you're mm-hmm. more clinical in the red zone. Against the Chiefs, there's, what, three touchdowns called back because of fouls? Yeah, and I mean, you you look just simply at Jake Elliott kicking three field goals in that game. The longest field goal that he kicked, he went three for three. The longest one that he kicked was 31 yards. Yeah, You take those off the board and turn them into touchdowns, you win the game. You also don't beat the Chiefs that way. I don't know yeah. if anyone told Nick Sirianni that uh touchdowns greater you, you, than field you goals. You don't outscore Patrick Mahomes with field goals. <laughs> Especially when you have the, the the secondary that the Eagles do. Yeah. Uh, 
Darius Slay, by the way, though, has never been beaten for 100 yards, though, so look up the tape. But I just think it just shows the absolute difference in tiers and quality between uh, those two organizations. Not that it needed to be displayed, but the issue with the Eagles now is... Uh, all right, so we talked about this a little bit, but it showed again this past week where, like, all right, if you want to be the Bills and you want to pass on every play, pretty much, you want to, like... You throw 40 times, run seven. Like, if that's what you want to do, fine. You have to commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. You have to go forward and forth in tough situations. You can't kick layup field goals. Like, that's just not something you, you do in a game like this. Where is the consistency and where is, like, the forethought in that? Because it's it's not there. Nope. <laughs> that, that's what's worrying. Um, there's personnel issues, obviously, but I think the coaching as well is... Uh, not been inspiring no, at all. They don't have an identity. And we've said this for the past couple of weeks now. There's every week it's it's just like they're trying something new and they don't know what they want to do yet. And they gotta figure it out quick because the season's not getting any slower. Like your schedule picks up hardcore in the month of October. Starts with a very good Carolina Panthers team, uh coming in former Temple head coach there, Matty Rule and, and the Temple Owls. Uh you, you go down to Carolina to play them who Obviously, he's not going to be playing in the game, but they just got Stephon Gilmore uh, for Christian a six-round pick. Be returning, so he might be cool. back. Uh, Hassan Reddick looks fantastic for them, too. Another Temple uh, guy that I wish the Eagles would have drafted when he was coming out of Temple. Um, and then you you have a short week to go and play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at home. And then... That's so what you're looking at, uh, one and five? You play Vegas and Detroit. You probably beat Detroit. Vegas is a uh, coin toss. It'd be the say. least the Eagles could do to give you and Sarah a fantastic wedding gift. <laughs> that would be nice. An Eagles win on our, on our wedding would be cool. Um, but, like, the schedule does not get easy. Like, we the, said the this season the is gone. <laughs> we said it in the preseason that this was one of the toughest last place schedules we'd ever seen. I think the, the Eagles fans are going to be big Ravens fans this Monday. Uh, and, listen... I just really hope Carson Wentz has a really fully healthy season. I wish nothing. You know, you couldn't ask for it to happen to a better guy, too. The Lord just graces him with such immaculate health, you know. Like, keep those ankles strong, man. At least 75% of the time, you know. Like, just give us. It works every time. Get us to what, like week 14? Then, you know, take, you know, take your Sabbath. (laughs) Celebrate the old old Christmas holiday. Yeah, yeah. Remember to keep Christ in Christmas, you know. (laughs) I mean, if the season ended today, the Remember Eagles... to keep Carson in the pocket. Remember, <laughs> remember to keep him on the field for 75% of snaps, please. If the what season... a bizarre... Has anyone mentioned that is that is such a bizarre like qualifier Threshold, on a pick? Yeah. It just shows you that because like, the, the Colts, Colts had no faith in him staying healthy. Not only that, but the Colts could just manipulate that. Mm-hmm. If they're close and like, well, we don't want to give them a first-round That's pick. That's why we need the Colts to win. Like... Keep it keep it bad, but you need to win a little bit more so, so they I don't guess, just pull it. I guess I'm happy the Dolphins were a, a sacrificial lamb for that. Well, see, that's the other interesting part is the Eagles have the Dolphins first round yeah, pick this great. year. And if the season ended today, the Eagles would have three top eight picks. You know it's not going to work that no, way, No, not at all. We'll be lucky if we have one. Because you know what's going to happen is Carson Wentz is going to get hurt and like Jacob Eason is going to be like... <laughs> The next, like, Justin Herbert or something. Yeah. And two is going to come back from injury and be, like, amazing. I'm wish-casting that one. Um, and, like, the Eagles will end up with, like, 
I don't know, like pick number 57 and <laughs> like the 21st pick or something. That will convey his two fourth round picks. Yeah. Well. <sighs> at least God, you have fantasy, it. you know? Yeah. <laughs> two and two, baby. Two and two. Um, They can't take that away from us yet. Let's get to the, the close to fun stuff. The Philadelphia Phillies, man. Dave Dombrowski. Spoke to the media today. Came out of his uh, Tony Stark cave, wherever he's been hiding all year. Uh, Destiny Legardo was at the press conference from Phillies Nation. She tweeted out some takeaways from the press conference and said that uh, Dombrowski acknowledged that they need to be better in the middle of the order slash the leadoff position. He's looking to improve at shortstop externally or internally. Also said that Didi Gregorius has been informed that it's not a guarantee that he is the opening day starter at shortstop. Uh, there, there's no Arizona Fall League for Mickey Moniak. He's dealing with a minor injury. That's a bummer in my book. Uh, and he said, payroll isn't the issue. It's how the Phillies spend money. That's the issue. I think he also said that he wants a, a big bat and to address the shortstop position. So. And uh, also said he didn't rule out spending money. Hey, Dave, money. how about some relief pitchers? <laughs> didn't rule out spending money on a big free agent. He more so questioned whether it was the right thing to do. Said he wasn't aware of Joe Girardi's 2023 club option, but then retracted that and said he did know that there was the option there. <laughs> I don't know who's more clueless, Dave Dombrowski or Joe Girardi. Oh my god! He came into the press conference Fuck, and clarified. We got another year, that guy. <laughs> that uh, Girardi does have a club option for twenty three with a buyout if they don't pick it up. Um, so I saw this interesting stat. Phillies gave eight hundred and sixty six plate appearances to players aged twenty seven or younger, which is the lowest in the majors <sighs> and the seventh lowest since twenty ten. First winning season, though, baby. What an absolute what an accomplishment! What an absolute pyrrhic victory that is. Just I was disgusting. actively rooting against it because it's such a dumb thing that they can like say now that it's like, whoa, we got a winning. It's like, who cares? A winning season is when you win a World Series or like a pennant. That is a winning season. You didn't even make that, but you didn't even make a, a play-in game. Christ Just abysmal. Um, big bat though, Matt. Looking to looking to get a big bat. <laughs> I Look at our shiny new toy. I can't fucking wait for Nick Castellanos to be here. God. <laughs> the mayhem. <laughs> Him and Gritty are two chaotic forces that I don't know that you can actually put too close together. I cannot wait for that to occur because it's just it's going to be absolutely beautiful one Nick way Mothman or another. Mothman Castellanos. <laughs> I'm willing that one into existence. Uh, because, I mean... It's it sucks because we love him as a guy, but it seems like Kutch's time here is up. He's yeah. a free agent, uh, so unless they bring Do him back on like a one year deal as like a, a rotationally like fourth outfielder type, which I don't think Kutch wants to do, he'll be playing elsewhere. Um, there's just so many holes on this team that it's it's ridiculous. And you look at who's in the playoffs and who are we rooting for, by the way. Um, so the Red Sox beat the Yankees last night, so the lesser of two evils yeah. won there. I think we're rooting for the Rays. Yeah, I guess we kind of are, aren't we? I mean... They did us a solid, and you know what? Return the favor. 
The White Sox, we both we both like. I like the, the White team, Sox players, you know. Yeah, but Larusa like, is just such a sleazeball. Not a, not a not a fun guy to root for, you know. No, and then the National League is just so absolutely like nightmarish outside of the I'm Brewers. Not say that I'm like hoping for like a COVID postponement, but like because <laughs> like that's not a nice thing and like a happy thing to root for, but like. Maybe the maybe the CBA just somehow. Have you looked at the times for these uh, the 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 start of games? Am I just an idiot like or six twenty seven, four oh seven, eight oh seven, seven oh two? That's the old Blue Jays special. Four thirty seven. What? Why? <laughs> I get that the, like numbers don't actually mean anything. So if there's no difference between like four thirty and four thirty seven. There's technically no, but like, why? Why yeah. not make it like 440, like a round it's number? Super weird. <laughs> Why is 702 a start time? Why? I think. Why is baseball so stupid? <laughs> it's it's very dumb, but I'm. This is the only thing I can think of is that they stupidly broadcast the national anthem during the playoffs, and that takes up like that three minute oh time God. slot, and then they go to commercial for a minute, and then they come back. Yeah, well, you don't love the troops. Hey. Is that what you're saying? Never said it. I didn't go to Vietnam, lose both of my legs for you to disrespect the troops. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's the Rays and the Brewers. Yeah. Unfortunately. And then Rays to I guess if the Dodgers win it, it's like whatever, it's the Dodgers. Like yeah. you just kinda move on with your life. But it's like they won last year and But so that lessens the blow, really. It's because it's like whatever. It's not like they won it for the. They finally won it. It's like all right, now they're just like all right. The richest team won it. Cool. Do we want to see Scherzer get another ring? Don't really care. No, he's not. If, he's not a national anymore. So like, I just don't care. Would you sign? Here's the thing. Would you sign Scherzer in the off season? No, because I don't think that we're a Max Scherzer away from winning a World Series. Valid. I. I listen. I would love listen. Max Scherzer is great, but like, just not, it's a waste. Not, I shouldn't say because he's a free agent after the year. It's so. not a waste, but Max Scherzer is not what is standing. It's between not the us in playoff glory, uh, and we would somehow find a way to like, I don't know. He turned into Jake Arrieta. Turn him into terrible. Like both his eyes would be the same color. Like <laughs> I, we would somehow pollute Max Scherzer. The, uh, the we could turn thing. we could turn Clayton Kershaw into like a a, a single A pitcher. I'm certain of it. Turn him into Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, one thing I never want to see though, Matt, ever again, and I tweeted this, uh, I never want to see anybody mention Zach Wheeler and Garrett Cole in the same sentence ever again. Yeah, that, that, that discussion is done and dusted. It's over. What a win. That's, you want to talk about one win that Matt Clintech ever had that was not a, a layup win. It was signing Zach Wheeler oh, you're over giving, Garrett Cole. You're not giving him credit for signing Bryce Harper. Not at all. <laughs> You're not giving him credit for what Daddy Middleton handed in the pants at sign this. Speaking of Daddy Middleton, too, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, good friend Justin Clue tweeted this out. Um, so it's uh, from the Philadelphia Business Journal. With a net worth of $12 billion, one Philadelphia area resident cracked the Forbes 400 list of richest Americans for the first time. That's awesome. I'm so happy for John Middleton. And God. Justin Clue uh, tweeted that screenshot out and said, Really sucks at the penalty for going over the luxury tax, $12 billion, $1. Ah. 
to get the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. God, I hate that man. Not Justin. We love Justin Clue. The other J man in that. Uh, the uh, yeah, this team man. It's gonna be a long off season. Hey man, you know. Maybe things will be better. Wish casting that. <laughs> yeah. For my sanity and I yours. I am writing that into a little balloon and sending it up to God. That is my Cause, uh, That is my prayer balloon. Today to is Lord Savior. 11 Jesus years Christ. ago today, Doc threw his postseason Don't no even want to hear about it. It makes me too sad. I know. This time of year, One, you know, when I it, gets cold, it, gets, two. it gets cold at night, and you're like, you really know, wish I, I could throw on TBS. I confided in a friend that like knows nothing about sports about how much I hate. He mentioned how much he hates the uh, that Empire State of Mind song by Jay Z. Mm. New York. He's like, yeah, I don't really like it that much. I was like, yeah, you know, I have a different reason for hating it. It's because they played it in the 2009 World Series before one of the games, and now that's like permanently mm-hmm. attached to my memory of that World Series. So I just I hate it irrationally. Yeah, 100%. not irrationally. It's a rational reason to hate it. Yeah. And then, uh, speaking of postseason baseball, too, this came out right before we started recording. Uh, Matt Vaskersian is leaving ESPN Sunday Night Baseball booth. ESPN's losing a lot of talent. Not a fan of this. I, I mean, Matt Vaskersian has his haters, whatever. You're a loser if you hate him. Um, I love him. His calls are electric. Um, he's leaving his position on Sunday Night Baseball, according to the New York Post. Um said quote i decided to call it a wrap on sunday night baseball uh i can't do everything i enjoy with mlb network and the angels while still being uh away for nearly 30 weekends a year and vaskersian 54 worked his final game for espn on tuesday when the red sox beat the yankees the yankees lose the potential replacements for vaskersian include uh book shambi who i really like carl ravich jason benetti Michael Kay, Ryan Rocco, and Dave Fleming. Not gonna say the Santa Maria calls from Matt Vaskersian are just their chef's kiss. Gonna miss those. Oh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not gonna have a Rod as like the main main thing. Uh, that's that. That's the one thing that kills. It'd be one thing if a Rod was entertaining. He just is not. No, he is such like a milk toast person. Yep, he's like no, he's zero personality, not at all. <laughs> but you know who does have personality? Our he's boy a, Jeff Probst. He has plenty of it. And Jeff it, Probst would be a great commentator for sports, <laughs> and uh, he calls one of the most underrated sports each and every Wednesday. So it's our buffs and snuffs survivor segment, and it's brought to you by our friends at Play Pickup where you guys can play the hottest headlines in sports and hopefully in the near future, Survivor. Uh, So go to playpickup.com, start building up your fan profile by uh, placing prop bets on the hottest headlines in sports at playpickup.com. Matt, I felt very, very great about myself and and my my thought process after last week's episode where I I felt that Voce was going to be on the chopping block. That was was a... And that I was had a signal no, flare by you. 
I had no inkling. I did not fall for the bait of uh, some poor intern uploading Survivor early on YouTube TV last week at like noon. <laughs> Very sorry, I just realized I did not put my votes in for my fantasy survivor game, and the, He's scrambling. the, the show starts in eight minutes. I am listening. I am part of an active discussion. Yes, but <laughs> priorities. But I'm top. I'm top of my group right now there because we go. I have Heather and uh, Deshaun as my like tribe, and they've just been winning everything. Yep. So like I've just been getting lots of points for them. But continue. Uh, so Voce gets sent home in somewhat of a blindside last week. Um. The Yellow Tribe is just all over the place outside of Evie, uh, who got to go to the uh, Prisoner's Dilemma with Deshaun and kind of create a uh, inter-tribe, you know, alliance almost where Evie was like, I need my vote, so I'm uh, I'm saving it. You can, you can risk it. You get a free vote and kind of built that trust there. Evie also flat out said that they are willing to uh, – spill every other person's secrets but not her own and uh the blue tribe just seems to be one of the most dominant tribes in recent memory too they where are. yellow is very brains tribe when they keep on losing uh i was let's talk about this before i came over actually uh this is very much palau when they just had yes. uh, bobby john and stephanie just like, <laughs> it's very rude of them to just do that they would they would obviously never do that now but um i do think evie makes the best of the situation that they were put into. They obviously get selected to go on mm -hmm. that, you know, hike or whatever. And, you know, the, the smart thing to do is to like reach out your roots a little bit on something like that and like make it a firm, at least like something, something concrete potentially with another person's that should there be a merge or a tribe swap or something like that, you have a shot now of having an outside connection. Um, she says that she's only giving away other people's information, but it felt a lot like her information too. <laughs> it felt it felt a lot like she was dumping quite a bit. Um, now, obviously, there's stuff that we don't see, of course. That's the caveat to all of this, but it did feel like a lot of one-way traffic. And good news for Deshaun, who is my pick to, to win. He's it our all show pick. He literally gets a free vote now, and pretty much every information that you could ask for. Like, he knows now where the idol is. He knows how it works. Like, he made that very well for himself. <laughs> and he's kind of pushed the whole Nasir finding him and Danny looking for idols story right. well to the back that, Yeah, that doesn't seem to be as relevant anymore. Evie then obviously has to come back. They have tribal, has to think on their feet a little bit. Um, Voce being gone is interesting because it still obviously consolidates power in Evie's favor. I think if you're doing a power mm -hmm. ranking, she's at number one because although she doesn't have really advantages right now, she doesn't have an idol. She doesn't have anything that, you know, that can help her further in the game, but she does have, I think she consolidates Tiffany's trust. I know that people frustrated with Tiffany wanted to see her gone. I get it, but Tiffany now should be like someone like that should have showed mm -hmm. that they're willing to like go listen and, and, and be listen. like, okay, Although Tiffany should have just listened to what Evie was yeah. saying, and that is uh, that would have been a big red flag for me if I'm in an alliance like that where someone can't even listen to you and like can't just understand the logic and has to make it about them. Mm -hmm. That's worrying for for going forward. But Evie now is clearly a solid alliance with three, and Xander is still obviously a risk. It's a risk to keep him in the game, but he has no way of getting out of this outside of a merge or a flip. And even then, he might still have to be loyal to to the three so and the thing about xander is 
He can't he, vote. He can't vote. <laughs> so it literally doesn't matter. Like, Voce at least, like, had a vote yeah. and had an ability of, like, making, and again, through what we saw in the show, was actually, like, seemed more aggressive than Xander about trying to get Tiffany out, where Xander seemed a little more reserved on that front. Mm-hmm. Voce seemed much more like, hey, like, he was approaching Liana, like, let's get Tiffany out. So, you know, it's not great. It's not the best move. I'm like, I'm not wowed by their brilliance here, but I do think like given the circumstances, they made a reasonable choice. Um, And Evie having to go to, you know, they don't even have a name for that location where that hill is. And Evie's name, not even coming up in discussion to be voted. Like if you're, if you're the yellow tribe, someone goes away. Someone's gone. It's like, Oh, okay. Let's just knock that person out. The fact that everyone was waiting for Evie to come back to Speaks make a decision about is, that is definitely really cements their their position in the game and where they are. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's good for them and where they're at right now in terms of like the the power. And this is what happens too a lot when you have the teams that lose. You get to know them a little better, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where the action has to be. Screen clearly. drive had no screen time last week, right? <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. (laughs) You already know. I think that's how it always goes. We went like 45 minutes and we were at like Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Yeah, I I think they only, the Green Tribe only had because um, they won the second. They had the Brad. You had the Brad yeah. Tony Velachos impersonation. <laughs> um, yeah, you know if you're gonna do like the spy on people thing, the whole point of that is that you have that information to yourself to mm-hmm. do what you want with it. You shouldn't tell everyone else at camp that you're doing it, <clears throat> and then go tell them exactly what the conversation yeah. was. Uh, not the most tactful way to to do it. So, uh, like we said, Blue Tribe dominates. Green Tribe also ended up with immunity. So it was double immunity challenge uh, last week, or double idol challenge last week. Xander can't vote. So if the Yellow Tribe loses again, I think Xander is in hot water unless somebody else finds that beware advantage. Um, How do you feel about that advantage, by the way? Because I don't mind tough. making idols um, more of a risk. Like, you should... like. I, I I think it's fair to say, like, just being able to, like, walk around and find an idol, like, that maybe is a bit too much. Like, now, like, having to work for it a little bit, 
not getting a vote until it's found by the and then also two, having and then have to be to like rely on up. two people that you don't have a connection with that and like all right if you lost a vote for one and i also council, saw as well uh the thing doesn't change so xander has to say that phrase at every single i was confused about that i that's where I'm we with need some friends. Jeff in, uh, I'm with I'm some I'm in a, like a, a group you know where we have this fantasy survivor game and I was like adamant that I was like no like there's like a list of ten things and they can just entertain me like no you have to say like the, whatever it is the butterfly mm-hmm. uh you know butterflies are just dead relatives saying hi like you have to say that time like that's makes me hate the advantage more actually yeah. because it made a lot of sense to me when it's like all right just say any of these ten things you know and whatever like, or it's make like it a as long easy. as you said it at some point like, right all right it's like unlocked it's it's a lot i guess it's like for tv you know they're trying to make it like as an audience it's like all right like let's see them do yeah. this you know it's like because like, if... why not do it like they used to do it where they would like hide the idol at the challenge right mm-hmm. where it's like okay you have to be kind of bold or like to when do adam this. thought it was on jeff's you know table at, at right. tribal council like i i think it's like one of those things too where it's like say you get down to some sort of swap or merge or something like that, and everyone has the the beware advantage. Two people say it, and one other person's like, oh, I want to get Xander out. I'm not going to say it. You don't have to say it. Yeah, that is also... But again, you don't get a vote. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't get a vote. Until, and what confuses me is, say there's a merge, which again, I'm sure they've given some forethought to this. I might even get the answer tonight, mm-hmm. you know? But like, say they merge and they're not on, they're on one beach now or two beaches. Like, if that idol isn't found, are you still like, there's some like lack of clarity about yeah. how exactly this works. I think it's a little too strong in terms of like being such a disadvantage mm-hmm. because Sandra has no choice but to tell his alliance either. Like, whenever you find an idol, typically too, you want to tell your alliance. And this that one, you it was like one. you had to open it and say, or right. you had to keep it sealed and put it back. You couldn't open it and be like, right. Oh, what is this? You don't get a choice. Yeah. You know, there's been in the past where there's been something like this where it's like, Hey, they get this. You're going to have to give this up or perform this task. It's like, you don't know, but you know, now that he didn't have a vote, he had to tell his alliance. I don't really blame Xander for telling him because he can't just like go in blind to the vote and be like, yeah, sorry guys. I didn't have a mm-hmm. vote. Like, that's not, you know, you're putting yourself just as, as much risk to, in that situation. So I I get why they're trying to make idols a bit more difficult and not just like you get it and you're safe, you know, and like whatever, you just go find it. Like, I don't mind adding some challenge to the idol or adding a, a negative twist to it. It's like, all right, well, to get it, you're going to have to give something up or mm-hmm. perform some kind of task. I do think it's like a little, the thumb is on the scale a little hard though. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do our, our three up, three down, who we think is, you know, in the best position of power, and then who is on the chopping block for this week going into episode three, which after tonight's episode, like around 9.05, go on Twitter. We're going to have a, a Twitter Spaces like post-survivor show uh, on Twitter Spaces, so check that out. Just come in, talk about the episode, talk about the season so far, thoughts, theories all that good stuff uh on the twitter.com but matt your top three up going into tonight's episode uh top three up right now has to be evie has to be number one because of uh you know the the position that they've they've put themselves in clearly a a powerful person within their own tribe and i Mm -hmm. think will uh will do quite a bit and i think deshaun has to be number two because we already liked him. We already liked the, the the little bit that we saw, 
and the fact that he now has an extra vote, mm-hmm. he very likely knows roughly where the other is because I, I actually heard uh, Voce's exit interview that Evie and him walked in on Xander with it's not like Xander like even went to them was like hey yeah. I found the idol like they actually like w- like walked up on him when he mm. had found it so I, they may know exactly if it's hidden in the same place so he may know precisely where the idol is he knows exactly how it works and he did all that for free you know like he didn't yeah. he's been on a tribe that's won everything now he hasn't had to go to tribal and like really test his alliance yet but I think Deshaun is in a, a very very strong strong position I think Based on what we've seen so far, Liana also has to be probably number three just because she clearly has a very good relationship with Evie. Those two seem very yeah. in it together. I'm interested to see maybe how they separate from one another. That can always be tricky in a situation like this. But I think I think she has to be because if you're attached to Evie and how strong mm-hmm. Evie is and they seem as close as they are, we haven't seen enough from the other two tribes yet to really say like anyone from there is really like on that level. And again, that's just the disadvantage so to say of like yellow has lost so much you're gonna naturally just see them more and get to hear more of their story and get more of their gameplay i'm sure tonight we might see someone from blue or green that really like makes that uh push to those top three yeah i'm gonna say deshaun is one because he did all like we said did all that for free uh you know he's he's in a, a key position of power in his tribe too a lot of people seem to you know have kind of brushed away that he was looking for an idol and he's kind of taking command along with Danny of the blue tribe. Uh, Evie, I have at number two only the only reason I flip them is because Evie was so willing to just like disclose information about other people's, you know, advantages and things like that, where the information was easily shareable from Evie. Um, but otherwise I think Evie's in a fantastic position on a very like downward trajectory tribe. And then my number three up is Nasir because he flipped the script on himself. Prove that he doesn't need Flint to make fire. He's proving that he's valuable around camp and really took that target that I think Deshaun and Danny put on his back of like snitching on them, quote unquote, and uh, proving his worth at uh, with the Blue Tribe. So I think Nasir is my number three. Who are your three down? I don't have to do it to my boy Xander, but I think he's he's got to be in the he's bottom in three situation. because he could very likely be going home. His idol is now, he doesn't know it, but has been exposed to Deshaun and to whoever else Deshaun tells now that they know that he has an idol that isn't in effect yet, mm-hmm. does not have a vote, is the odd person out on a, a tribe with a, a three-person alliance that seems very set on getting him out. Um, and he's been highlighted, again, without his knowledge... To, to Deshaun and to whoever else Deshaun tells that, uh, hey, <laughs> Xander's someone to watch out for. Um, I think Tiffany has to be in the bottom three Agree. simply because obviously she's attached to that three-person alliance, which is good for her. Mm-hmm. But she clearly was very paranoid. And I get, like, listen, when you like hear your name put out there to be voted off the show, like that's you're going to react in some type of way um but i think you have to just trust when evie says that she literally read word for word the entire idol script and like how it works and if it's activated or not that you have to take them at their face value so i think for me tiffany has to be at the bottom because she obviously is not (laughs) strong in challenges 
So you have to supplement that by at least being savvy in the game. And we just didn't see that. We have, we have not seen that. So worried about her future. She's obviously attached to, to a strong two here, but mm-hmm. as an individual player, not someone I, I'm expecting to win survivor. Um, Brad, uh, we didn't see a lot in the first episode that inspired us in the second episode. It was, again, just the very obvious spying on people and telling people about it and having an unaware, a lack of awareness mm-hmm. about who's linked with who because he runs back and tells someone that's in an alliance with someone else about spying on them. It's uh, not great reading of the room by Brad. Yeah, my bottom three are the same as yours, uh, kind of in the same boat. For all the right reasons. Um, so we're going to go watch episode three of the season 41 of Survivor. Like I said, Twitter space is around 9.05. Uh, we're going to have our, our post-show reaction, discussion, all that good stuff on Twitter spaces. At KBIZZL311 and at Buffs and Snuffs. Uh, so make sure you're checking out the uh, Twitter spaces. We're just doing it as like a beta test to see how the discussion and discourse goes after an episode of Survivor. Uh, immediately on Twitter. So definitely check that out and uh, be sure to follow us on social media at underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Matt at Matt Castorina. Uh, new episode of top Bins came out on Wednesday. So be sure to check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. I got a new blog up there, Matt silver linings playbook being turned into a musical. Huh? The rights were acquired by uh, the Tony Award-winning producer who turned Hairspray from a movie into a musical. So, silver lining there looks pretty promising, I'd say. Um, And, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about the state of Philadelphia sports. Leave your survivor takes in in the podcast reviews. We'll read them on the show. But five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too. And uh, you can also check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. And big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, gets you 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you can get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer, use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. Uh, and you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 366. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next time, we are signing off. Peace. Peace.